Good morning, church. So good to see you in the house of the Lord. Can we just stand and put our hands together? Let's just worship him this morning. Amen. Let's bring him praise. Where goodness flows, there is a fountain that drowns sorrows. There is an ocean deeper than fear. The tide is rising, rising. There is a current stirring deep inside. It's overflowing from the heart of God. The flood of heaven is crashing over us. The tide is rising, rising.
Amen. Thank you, Lord, for that gift. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in our lives. Hey, church, we want to welcome you to his place today. Amen. That was a great wake-up call for us to say, Lord, we just thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be here, Jesus. Lord, we give you thanks. Lord, we give you the praise and the honor and the glory, Jesus. Come on, higher than the mountains. Sing it with me. Higher than the mountains that I face. That's right. And it's stronger than the power of the grave. Constant in the trial and the change. This one thing remains. Remains. Sing it again. Say higher. Higher than the mountains that I face And it's stronger than the power of the grave Constant in the trial and the change This one thing remains This one thing Remain. Let's sing this together. Your love never fails. Say, your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me.
to be afraid Cause this one thing remains Sing it out Your love never fails Your love never fails It never gives up Never runs out on me Your love never fails It never gives up Never runs out on me Your love never fails It never gives up Never runs out on me, your love. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for your love, for your unfailing love. Lord, we give you thanks, Lord. Lord, that love that was laid up on that tree, Lord, for me, for every person here, Lord, we say thank you, Jesus, for your love love, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The cross is my beginning. The line drawn in the sand. was forsaken so I will never be His grace is my salvation the gift of God the work of Calvary Lift your voice
every voice. Sing that with us. Come on, let's sing. Church, as we prepare our hearts for communion, will you just take a seat? You were supposed to receive elements as you came in to take communion. We hope that you have them. You know, he said in the night that he was betrayed, and he took the bread and he broke it and he gave thanks. He said, take this, all of you, eat it in remembrance of me. If you really, 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 I don't know if we just go over it so quick that we don't really focus on the remembrance of him, that he suffered, died, and was buried. But on the third day, he rose again. And this is the victory. So we take this bread, a bread of celebration. We celebrate our forgiveness that he has bestowed upon us. We celebrate our eternal life that he's given us. We celebrate the victory over death. So, Lord, as we hold this bread, we're doing so thinking of our own life and the things where we have failed you and where we have fallen short. And we're ashamed because, Father God, we thought of us instead of you. So today, as we think of you, we ask to forgive us of our sins. We ask that, Lord God, you use us to make a difference in this world. You use us to make a difference in our home. You use us, Father God, to exalt your name and to lead others to you because of the love we have found through you. So, Father, we hold this bread, remembering that it represents your body, which was given up for us. And we eat this bread in the name of Jesus. Amen. We may eat the bread. He likewise took the cup. He gave thanks and then gave it to the disciples. And he said, this is my blood. They really didn't understand it because he hadn't died and he tried to explain what was going to happen. He had been trying to prepare them, but they weren't. A lot of times we're trying to get prepared for things and when it happens, we're not. And he let them know that in a little while you'll see me and then you won't see me and then you'll see me. And they were so confused. They were like, we don't understand. But when, when that was all over, they went, wow. He shed every drop of blood for us. When they pierced his side, only water came out because the blood had separated and there was nothing left within him. He gave his all for you and for me. 
So claim the blood of Jesus. Claim the forgiveness. Claim the power. Claim the victory today. Say, God, I claim the victory over my personal life, but also for my family, for my home. I claim the blood of Jesus over my community, over not only this congregation, but every congregation that lifts up the name of Jesus in this city. And that we would really say, Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for what you continue to do in spite of us. So this is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You may drink of the cup. Lord, what a powerful song of remembrance. I pray that, Lord, when we sing it again, we do so believing and knowing the promise you've given us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Would you go ahead and stand to your feet one more time and just sing out this song and just celebrate what we just experienced. nothing like the power of the Almighty. We just give you all honor and all praise and all glory. Heavenly Father, we stand before you right now humbled and in awe of the presence and just ever so thankful to be in your presence right now, Heavenly Father. Thank you for all that you have done for each one of us, for each person standing here represents a miracle that you have brought, a change in their life, a restoration, a turnaround, a breaking of chains, and for that we give you honor and glory and praise. And because of that, we also pray that you break those chains that hold us, that you give us a miracle that we seek, that you give us that change, that breakthrough that we need. Because we know that you are the power. You are the power that has conquered death, not once, but forever. And we stand on your promises. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Church, can we give him praise this morning? Amen. Because he is worthy of all praise. Would you turn to someone and just welcome them to the house of the Lord?
Good morning, my family. Church, New Beginnings Church, welcome into the house of God. Amen. We want to welcome those uh, here in the house. And of course, as always, we want to not just welcome us here, but also those watching from home. My name is Michael Romero, your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings Church. My name is AJ, and I'm your youth and young adults pastor here at New Beginnings. Amen. Church, again, welcome. Hey, church, before we, we uh, hand over the, the platform to, to Pastor Richard uh, and the rest of our team that will be up here, uh, we want to just catch you up on a couple of things. Um, uh, church, uh, thank you so much for the men of God. Men of God, where are you at in the house? We ask this question. Amen. 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 Men of God, I know there's many of us in here. Uh, but not a lot of vocal, I guess not a lot of guys have had their coffee this morning. Wow, that's, here we go. Good morning. All right, maybe you want that. I don't know. No coffee, just loud volume. <laughs> but church, we want to encourage, we continue to encourage the men of God here at New Beginnings Church to sign up for our annual men's retreat. Amen. That retreat, Absolutely. amen. Let's give it up because... It's, it's just going to be an amazing time for us to get together and the men of God here at New Beginnings Church to get together. And that's going to be September 9th, 10th, and 11th. And that is going to be, is that the date? Is that the men's retreat? Yep, 8th through the 10th. Forgive me, 8th, 9th, and 10th. I knew it was three days. But it was 8th, 9th, and 10th. And that's going to be back down south at Lone Tree Ranch. So if, men of God, if you can sign up for that. NBC ABQ app is the way to do it. AJ, tell us just a little bit more about what happens at that men's retreat. Absolutely. I went last year, and it was just an amazing time. Just uh, guys getting together and just, you know, talking about guy things, of course, but also encouraging each other in a way that us guys know how we need to be encouraged and fed. And it was just an amazing time. We went fishing. uh, We did a water slide. A couple of us rode a bull. It was really cool. It was such a fun time. But most of all, we all came back. Uh, transformed and just changed than what we did when we went uh, when we got there. So it was awesome. So we want to encourage you to do that. We still have a few of the early bird registrations available. Uh, and if you don't know what the early bird registration is, is basically you you get a discount on your registration fee. We've had uh, very generous uh, some very generous donations come in to be able to cover some of uh, half the portions of that. So if you if you like a nice uh, discount on your registration fee. For the men's retreat, now's the time to do it. There are limited spots available for the early bird and also limited spots available for the entire thing. So if you'd like more information on that, please, there's a QR code behind me. That QR code behind me or maybe on the screen in front of you, you just point your phone there, click the link that pops up. You're able to sign up for that right away, and then we'll get in touch with you. And if you have any questions, man, that link right there is the way to do it. If you want to connect with us, maybe you want to sign up for uh, baptism coming up at the end of the month. Maybe you just maybe just want to ask us a question. Maybe you, maybe you have a desire to volunteer and have more questions about volunteering. What does that look like? That's the QR code to use. Amen. Amen. And that QR code, uh, just like Pastor Mike was just saying, it lets you know all of our monthly things that we do, like food distribution, which is happening this Friday. Um, that's happening, and all of our monthly events that we do. It's a good way to just find out what's going on here. Uh, quick reminder for uh, if you're doing child dedications, parents and guardians, uh, stick around, or you don't have to stick around, but just be back here uh, at New Beginnings at about 12 o'clock after second service, um, and then we'll get you uh, straightened out with ch- uh, child dedications. It's one of my favorite uh, services to have is child dedication service, so if you can stick around, that, that's awesome, family. Uh, church, once again, we want to thank you for all that you do, for everything that we do. 
Um, thank you so much, church. I um, want to remind you that if you have not yet been able to, to do this yet, to set up your e-giving, uh, you can do that now. And uh, the ways to do that are behind me on the screen or in the screen in front of you at home. And you can do that with, with our app online or even by text messaging. And the ways to do that are behind me. Uh, if you have not been able to do that yet, uh, you can do it real quick. Uh, otherwise, you can also drop off your tithe and your, and your offering at one of the giving boxes at the entryways into the sanctuary. And we say thank you so much for your giving, for your obedience, and for your faithfulness, and for more than anything else, always going above that, and for your generosity. We say thank you so much. And with that, we ask you to turn your attention to the screen. about Vacation Bible School a little bit. So we are getting prepped for what is going to be a phenomenal, stellar, out-of-this-world experience with our kids, where they're going to come every night and they're going to listen to, to stories and games and sing songs. We're going to jump up on this stage together and just have a fantastic time. I'm encouraging all of you to sign up. Neighbors, grandkids, nieces, nephews, kids in your life who you know need those seeds planted, right? Because it's a lifetime of a relationship that we're introducing them to. Now, I'm going to ask all of you guys to do me a favor today, each and every one of you today. Today, I'm going to, we're going to give one of these to each of you, and it's ways that you can pray for VBS, ways that you can pray for our kids, our volunteers, the families that will send kids, pray for VBS overall. So these cards, some of them are, all of them are a little different. Each of you is going to get one today, and I'm, I'm praying that you guys will, will join with me and help bathe VBS overall in prayer, that each one of us be super intentional about, about our upcoming Vacation Bible School. Thank you all, and I'm, I'm Jess Mary as your children's minister. <laughs> and to introduce you, our lovely, fantastic, out-of-this-world pastor, Pastor Richard. 
Thank you, Jessica. She does an amazing job, and she works really hard, and she's been working on all the decorations and stuff and the team coming out that work alongside of her. Thank you for volunteering. It's an amazing event. It starts in two weeks from today, and it starts on a Sunday night, and it goes through Thursday night. But please take one of the prayer cards home. Um, they're different prayer cards. Some of you are going to be praying for the teachers and the staff. Some of you are going to be praying for the children, some for the parents, some for different needs. And we really want it prayed up because we really want kids to come and know Jesus Christ. And then we want to come them to serve Jesus Christ. So it's really neat. Yesterday, she put together a uh, family pool party. We had an amazing time uh, First, I thought it was strictly for the kids, and when I showed up, I, I got there a little late, and I had a bunch of running around, and I got there, and I opened up my car door, and I hear a bunch of adults having fun, and I go, man, those are old kids, and, uh, <laughs> but uh, it was just families that got together, and it was a wonderful time, and we're just trying to do things for you and your family, where it doesn't cost you a lot. Uh, yesterday, all you had to do was show up. And you got food, you got watermelon, you got pizza, you got pool, and you got to meet new friends. So take advantage of the different things the church is doing because there's a lot of wonderful events for your entire family. Hey, yeah, thank you, Lord. Let's get into the Word. I, I'm doing this sermon on, uh, on, on uh, this series. It's called Building a Family with Purpose. Too many times we don't know what our purpose is. We don't know the direction we're supposed to go. And families look for that. And, they, and, and we have to realize what takes place in families. Families sometimes have some issues. Relationships have issues. Amen? There's a, uh, a secular psychologist named John Bradshaw. And he says, if you're in a relationship with any human being, you will have issues. There's going to be moments of tension. And we're not talking romantic relationship. We're just saying doing life with a human being. There's going to be times you don't agree. There's going to be times you disagree. There's going to be times that you won't get along. And, and, and it, it's really difficult. I don't know if you've ever um, been ironing and you, you, you iron, and it comes out perfect, and then you move it over, and you don't realize you laid it down, and, and you end up putting more wrinkles on it than it had, and you're like, oh, my goodness. Well, that's what happens sometimes in relationships. We, we go through life, and things happen that we don't always agree, and sometimes we don't handle it well. So I want to talk about getting the kinks out of our relationships. And in the Gospel of John, chapter 16, verse 33, it says, I have told you all of this. And prior to this, Jesus is saying, these are some trying times that are coming. There's going to be some challenges. And he says, I've told you all of this so that you might have peace in me. He goes, here on earth, you will have many, many Many, okay, I added the many, 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 but we'll have many trials and sorrows. He says, but take heart because I have overcome the world. He's conquered it. He won. 
Jesus isn't still battling the devil. He already won, and the devil is under his feet. And the, gospel, I mean, and the book of Romans chapter 16 says that we'll put the devil under our feet. And we need to learn how to do that. So God help us today to learn how to get the kinks out of relationships. So that God, together, we can really accomplish amazing things as friends, as romantic partners, as spouses, as family, as siblings, as children with parents and parents with children, in the relationships that we have throughout life, at school, at work, in our community. I pray, Lord, that we can really learn how to really get through this. In Christ's name, amen. Look, one of the very first things you're going to have to realize is you've got to realize that kinks are a part of relationship, of everyone's relationship. No matter who you are, there's going to be times that you just don't get along. Sometimes it's because of you. Sometimes it's because of them. Look, if Susie has a problem with John, and Susie has a problem with Tom, and Susie has a problem with Mary, and Susie has, maybe Susie's the problem. Sometimes if you're like, golly, everyone I talk to, they, don't, they just don't receive me well. Maybe, well, men, maybe you've got something you need to work on. Because maybe you're offending people. Maybe you're doing something that's turning people off. Maybe you're coming across in a manner that is really harmful to a relationship. So before you start pointing fingers at someone, just always remember that when you point a finger, you've got three pointing back at you. And that's why you need to learn to learn to point like this. <laughs> no, no, you really need to... You, you really need to take a good look at yourself and say, okay, where, where do I fit in this? Where do I stand in this? Am I the one that created this? Because everyone seems to be all nervous around me. People don't know how to handle me. Well, then ask them. Say, can I ask you a question? What is it about me that kind of comes across wrong? Now, if they tell you, don't get all offended because you asked them. And if they tell you, then say, well, how about you? Well, they didn't ask you. <laughs> you see what I mean? And it's important that you really realize that everyone has kinks in the relationship. And sometimes they're, they're no big deal, and you just go like, eh, I don't believe that, but that's okay, I still love them. And there's other times you go, no, no, I'm sorry, I, I, I really got to speak up on this one. And, and you've got to understand, look, you remember the Apostle Paul and Barnabas in the book of Acts chapter 15, verse 36 through 39, it says, after some time, Paul had said to Barnabas, hey, let's go back and visit each city where we previously preached the word of the Lord. And he says, to see how the new believers are doing. Barnabas agreed and wanted to take along John, John Mark, but Paul disagreed strongly since John Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in their work. Their disagreement was so sharp that they separated. Barnabas took John Mark with him and sailed for Cyprus. Man, so 
The Apostle Paul, this guy who wrote over half of the New Testament, is in this issue with, with John Mark. He's like, yeah, you want to bring John Mark? And you remember Barnabas, even his name means encourager, but he was the encourager. He was that mentor. He was the one that would pull him in. He's the one that would build him up. He's the one that would bring him along. And he's like, hey, let's bring John Mark. He goes, no way. That guy bailed on us. I don't want to have anything to do with that guy. And it's like, wow, that's kind of messed up. It's like, no, I, I don't want any, anything to do. Well, if you don't have anything to do with him, you don't have anything to do with me. And John, Paul says later then, and man, Barnabas and John Mark take off another direction. But see, you see, as you read the Bible, you see that later they made up. You don't ever see the moment that they made up, but you see it because Paul is now in jail and he says, please bring John Mark to me. He's such a faithful, faithful man. So there was a transition that took place. But see, you've got to understand that sometimes things happen. Later on, Paul writes in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 31 and 32, he's writing, he says, get rid of all bitterness. He goes, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of of evil behavior. So he's saying, get rid of all this. He says, instead, so whenever there's an instead, it's giving you the solution for the problem. The problem is the bitterness and the anger and all that. He goes, instead, he goes, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Now he's saying, I want you all to be really kind we don't need lessons on being kind. You know how to be kind. Our problem is we get hurt and then we just hold on to it. We hold on to the grudge. We hold on to the bitterness and the rage and the slander and the harsh words and all those feelings that you just carry around and say, oh, there they are. Remember what they did to us 22 years ago? I remember it was September the 14th. It's like, man, it was 12.02. Yeah. I'm glad you don't keep records of wrongdoing. Man. But you know people like that, don't you? Some of you go, no, I don't know anyone like that. Maybe you are that person. It's like, see, we need to, he says, be kind. Be tenderhearted. When you're tenderhearted, that means your heart is tender to the situation. That means your heart is in tune with somebody, and you go, wow, I think I just hurt their feelings. Man, man, that person I think really likes my presence. How cool. You're tenderhearted to what's happening. You're in tune what's going on. And then he says, I've always joked around with this, but I also kind of mean it because he says, forgiving one another. All of us know how to forgive on our terms. I'll forgive you if you walk on your knees for 20 miles. I'll forgive you if you argue with me. We, we do those kind of things. But he didn't say forgive on our terms. He gives forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. It's like, oh, come on. You're setting yourself as a standard, Lord? He'd go, yep. I want you to forgive once and for all. I want you to let it go. 
Does that mean forget? No, you don't forget. We're not idiots. We still remember, but what you don't remember is the pain. You don't remember the sting anymore. You don't remember the bitterness that came along with it. You don't hold on to these things that pierced your heart and you can't seem to let go of. We forgive because we realize that there's going to be kinks in relationships. Another thing we need to do if we really want to work out the kinks is don't overreact to the kinks in your life. <laughs> I love that. Don't overreact. Oh, my gosh. Don't you know people that just like, oh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, what happened? Oh, my gosh, it's already 9 o'clock. Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. Oh, my goodness, the bread burnt. Oh, just toast another piece. We don't have any more. Scrape it off. That's what I do, scrape it off. But don't you know people that overreact? They overreact, but some people overreact to their kinks. If someone says something about you, and then you go, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, they said I'm too obnoxious. Well, I'm glad finally somebody told you because nobody didn't know how. Work on it, but don't get all crazy. The whole world hates me now. No, they don't. They're just trying to bring some correction to help you. They're trying to help you become a better, stronger person, a person that's going to bless and guide and instruct, but it's a person that's also not going to take offense, but it's not also not going to offend. Don't overreact. Look at the book of Proverbs chapter 14, verse 29. It says, people with understanding control their anger. A hot temper shows great foolishness. Now look, people with understanding control their anger. Look, let's say you're in the traffic out here on Montgomery, and you're pointed, you're headed east, and all of a sudden the light turns green, and you're in the far right lane, and nobody's moving yet. And you're like, oh, come on. So now you honk, beep. First, you just do a nice, quiet, tender honk. Just beep, beep. Like, hey, if, if you're, you, you're text, if you're looking at your phone and you got distracted, beep, 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 get moving. And then you honk with a little bit of an attitude. Beep, beep. And then you're mad. Beep, 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 beep. And the guy in front of you is going like, what, man? And you're going, move. And he's going, what? And you're going, move. And then you could finally, it starts moving, and you realize there's a little old man or a little old lady on a walker walking across the street, and they couldn't turn because they were there, or they would have run them over. And now you feel like a complete idiot because you lack the understanding. People with understanding control their anger. So you go, wow, I'm really upset that God has given me a spirit of self-control because I know all the pieces now and I'm not going to blow my stack because I understand why they did what they did. It, it didn't excuse it, but now at least I understand it. 
See, with understanding, you can control. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 19, verse 11, it says sensitive, uh, sensible people control their temper. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. Don't overreact to kinks in your life. When something happens and you're not getting along with somebody, don't get all shook up. Oh, it's the end of the world. Oh, Cindy and I are not talking. Oh, my gosh, my kids aren't talking to me. Oh my, You know what? I don't know what's going on. They might have some issues. You might have some issues. But don't get all shook up. It's not the end of the world. They tell me they don't want to be friends anymore. Wow. Well, you lost a good friend. Examine your life and make sure that, you know, but, but what you've got to do is stay under control. The third thing, if we're really going to work the kinks out in our relationships, is commit to work the kinks out not to cut them out. In other words, work the problem out. Don't just say, never mind then, forget it. You go your way, I'll go my way. Paul did that. I'm not going to take John Mark Barnabas. Well, then I'll take him. We'll take him and you and him get lost. And later he humbles himself and he goes, wow, I need you guys. I really want you guys. See, there was a humble, a humbling that took place. Something worked out that they worked it out. We don't have all the pieces, but we do have the results, and we see the final outcome that whatever the kinks were in their life, they didn't just cut it off. They worked it out. There's times that you have to wipe the dust off your feet and say, you know what? I obviously can't be friends with you because this isn't going to work. If you've been massively abused by somebody, don't continue to go back and be abused any longer. But this is, not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking where some people just overreact and they cut off a relationship and they cut off, every, they don't even attempt to work it out. They don't try to work it out. Yet in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 7, it says, love never gives up. Love never loses faith. Love is always hopeful. Love always endures through every circumstance. So see, it's saying don't give up. Keep working at it. Work at trying to heal the relationship. And if it doesn't, then you know that you worked as hard as you could to work it out. And sometimes it just won't work out. But don't just cut it off right away. Don't just say just forget it then. You're wrong and I'm right. Maybe you are right. But if you're right with a wrong attitude, you're wrong. And if you're right with a, with a wrong attitude, you're wrong. And if you're wrong with a right attitude, you, you think you're right, you're really wrong, but at least you handled it right. <laughs> and that's why some people could be wrong, but they handled it right, and everyone's going, you handled that beautifully. But you're wrong. Get right. And you could be right, but you handled it completely wrong. So everyone's going, oh, dude, you blew that one. And you're going, but I'm right. Yeah, you are. But man, you left dead bodies all over the place. <laughs> See, you've got to be able to work things out. Don't just cut it off. Say, you know what? We're committed. We're, we're friends. We're doing life together, man. We're doing ministry together. We said, in richer or poorer, in sickness and in health, 
This one's a hard one. For better or worse. No one ever imagined it'd be that worse. It's like, oh my gosh. I never saw the worst side of you. I thought I had. But man, there's a, some worse in you that, man, is scary. But you made a commitment to work it out. Fight through it, not fight each other, but fight against the issue and say, we're going to work this out. We're not going to cut it out. Proverbs 21, 25 says, despite their desires, the lazy will come to ruin for their hands refuse to work. They just, "Ah, I don't want to work at it. Who cares? Just never mind. It's like, oh my goodness. No wonder you're in the mess you're in. No wonder you keep having broken relationships because you can't seem to get along with anyone. And when you don't get along, you just run instead of saying, let's work this out. We've made a commitment. We're friends. We're married. You're my son. You're my daughter. You're my brother. You're my sister. And sometimes they don't want to work it out. And then there is nothing you could do. You could say, I tried the best I could. And man, I haven't seen my dad in Years. I haven't seen my mom in years. I haven't seen my brother, my sister, my son, or my daughter, whatever it is. And it's like sad, it's broken, but you know you tried the best you could. The next thing, if you're really going to try to work the kinks out of your relationships, is don't hesitate on asking for help in getting the kinks out. Don't hesitate in asking for help. Humble yourself and say, man, I need some counseling. We hate the word counseling because we think, I don't need counseling. I'm not crazy. Well, that's still under question, but, you know. No, but see, we think only crazy people get counseling. We get counsel every day. It's called advice. Your, Your wife might have asked you for counseling this morning. She might have said, how do I look? Your husband might have said, does this shirt look okay? And you went, yeah, see, that's advice. You're saying, you know what, why don't you do this instead? You're asking for counsel. You're asking for advice. You might be talking to a bunch of guys. Say, yeah, man, I don't even know. Man, I, I tried to work on my car, and man, it's still missing. Hey, did you try this? Dude, thank you. You're getting counsel. You're getting advice. You're talking with a bunch of ladies and saying, I don't know what's been happening lately. Man, I've just been going through this weird time. You're getting advice. But we think counseling, please come into my office. Lay down. No, man. You're getting help. Don't hesitate on getting help. Remember Jesus, what he said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 and 8? He says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened. And then look what he says. Because everyone who asks receives, and everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be open. 
So we need to understand, Jesus is even saying, it's okay to ask. Ask. There's a lot of wisdom in the counsel of many. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 19, verse 20, it says, get all the advice and instruction that you can so that you will be wise the rest of your life. So if you don't know how to do something, ask. Just come alongside and ask. It's amazing when you have someone that you can ask, and they guide you and they lead you, and you go, man, thank you. That was a really awesome piece of information that I was lacking, and now I have. Wow, that is so cool. Look in the book of Proverbs chapter 20, verse 18. It says, plans succeed through good counsel. Don't go to war without wise advice. And so don't get in an argument. Don't get in a battle. Don't, don't get, ask for help. Say, you know what? I don't know what's wrong. I can't seem to talk to my son right now. I can't seem to talk to my best friend. Man, I don't know what's <clears throat> going on. My wife and I, we're just not getting along. I don't know what's wrong. I can't seem to talk to my parents. Seek out a mentor. A mentor is someone that's going to guide you and help you. You don't have to meet and follow a certain program. It's just someone that you admire, and you go, hey, how do you handle this? I, I noticed you have a good relationship with your wife. I noticed you have a good relationship with your, your husband or, or your children or your siblings. Or how, What do you guys do when you hit a brick wall? What do you guys do when you have kinks in your relationship? And that mentor will guide you through. It's really amazing. It's just amazing. Art, the guy that helps me get around, works for PNM, and he's an engineer with them, but he used to do towers and blah, 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 blah. And my son-in-law puts up cell towers. And so... I introduce him to Art, and I go, Art, my son-in-law is going to start doing cell towers and solar panels and building recharging stations for, like, Teslas and all that, electric cars. And Art goes, oh, my gosh, dude, that's what I've been, that's what we, P&M does. And so they became buddies. And Art includes him on this feed of scripture and guiding him. And, and so my son-in-law calls him and says, Art, we're going to be doing this. And he's like, oh, dude, you're going to need this and this and this. And look, you might hit this problem and so know this. And, and he goes, man, dude, in the middle of winter, he goes, it's freezing when you're 300 feet up in the air. And he goes, oh, man, I got some equipment that I don't use anymore. And he turned him on some to, to some equipment that, that was very pricey. And, and, and so he got a great promotion this weekend. And he called me, and then he called Cindy, and then he called Art. Art, guess what, dude? You've been guiding me. I just got a big old promotion. I got a company truck and everything. And Art's like, yeah, man, that's my boy. And I'm like, thank you, Art. See, he's pouring into this kid that is coming along. We all have someone coming along, and you might see them do something wrong. Go up to them and say, hey, look. I'm not trying to butt in your life, but I've been where you are. Would, would you give me 
allow me to just speak into your life a little bit? Seek out a mediator. Someone that'll be there just as the warm body to make sure it doesn't turn into a big old fight. Seek a counselor. Someone that might have a little bit of knowledge and, and guide you through it. A lot of times when people come to counseling, they see the word counseling, it's right away, it's like, oh, we need counseling. Our marriage isn't that bad, we don't get counseling. You need something. <laughs> you need a referee and boxing gloves or something. But, but see, when people come to my office, usually I'm just the warm body there to make sure you guys don't get crazy. Because you're like, oh, man, pastor's in the room. I can't tell her off like I want to. Pastor's in the room. I can't use the language I use on him usually. Pastor's in the are, are you with me? And then sometimes I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait, time out, time out. That's not what I heard him say. This is what I heard him say. Oh, are you on his side? No, I'm, I'm just <laughs> telling you what I heard him say. And that's not what I heard her say. Oh, now you're on her side. No, I'm, I'm on nobody's side. I'm on the side to help you guys win. See, you need to ask people to come into your life and to help you through it and, and to really be able to get there. And if you're going to work the kinks out of your relationship, the, the fifth thing is when you work the kinks out, make sure you work them all the way out. Because let me tell you what happens a lot of times. It's kind of like when you're arguing with somebody. Let's just go with a husband and wife or your boyfriend and girlfriend, okay? You had a big old knockout drag out. I hate you. I hate you more. I want to divorce you. I want to divorce you more. I don't like you. I don't like you more. You know, it's just, you're, you're, you're acting like little kids is what you are. But now you finally go, let's go to our each corner. And all of a sudden you walk in the house, you went in the backyard to calm down or out on the balcony or wherever. And you come in and she's watching TV, he's watching TV. And you're like trying to test the waters and you go, um, what are you watching? Really nothing. Uh, can I watch nothing with you? Sure. And you go in and sit down. And then all of a sudden you say, hey, can we finish talking about this? Oh, you want to fight again? I didn't want to even fight the first time. But we've got to work it out all the way. See, what happens is a lot of relationships, whether they're romantic or just friends or whatever, is that they hit a problem and all of a sudden it finally kind of calms down and they never finish working it through all the way. So then the problem, something happens, and guess what? That problem surfaces to the top. If you're in a relationship with someone and they're always, and you think they're always throwing the past in your face, there you go, bringing up the past, that's usually because that it's never been settled. And so they're bringing up stuff that's never been settled, and it's important to settle things. It's important to say, you know what? I need to take hold of this, and I need to calm down. Look, in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, 
verse 47 and 48. It says, I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. He goes, it's like a man, a person, building a house who digs deep and lays a foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against the house, it will stand firm because it's well built. He goes, that's what it looks like when someone listens and then applies it. Then he goes on to say a little later, he goes, but you know what a fool does? They don't listen. They don't take it to heart. And they go out and build on sand. And when the, wind, the flood waters come and the wind and the rain, guess what? The house crumbles. And some of your relationships are crumbling because you're not establishing them on solid rock. You're not bringing the problem and settling it all the way through. You need to do that. You need to settle it all the way through. You need to take it all the way through. Look what it says in, in Psalms 127, verse 1. It says, unless the, unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with sentries will do no good. In other words, what it's saying there, when we do things on our own power, nothing happens. Oh, you might get by a little bit, but you don't get to settle the whole situation. But when the Lord's in charge and he does it, he brings the healing that even in your remembrance, you go, man, I can't believe we went through that. God, you've been so good. We, that was a knockout drag out. We were ready to kill each other. Lord, this is awesome. I love her. She loves me. We're friends. We're I'm still buddies with my fishing buddy. I'm still hanging out with my, my girlfriends to go shopping or whatever you all do. And you're like, man, I didn't know if we were ever going to heal that. But you worked it all the way through. You believed it all the way through. You held on and you did it the Lord's way and you took care of it the way he would want you to. That's why in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 4, starting at verse 9 through 12, it says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, it says the other person can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? And then he goes on to say, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. He goes, three are even better off, for a triple braided cord cannot easily be broken. That triple cord, that third cord is the Lord. It's the Lord who fortifies you, he strengthens you, he binds you together, he holds you in the midst of the storm. No matter what's going on, you are going to make it through. 
He's saying, I'm going to help you work the kinks out and get them all the way out. And you're going to have great victory and you're going to make it. And you're not going to be going back to that over and over and over because you've learned and you've conquered and you're not going to keep opening that bag of worms again. They actually say you should never open a can of worms unless you intend to go fishing. Otherwise, don't do it. So, man, it's important. It's important. So I really want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to really trust God and say, God, what do you want me to do? How do I settle this? I haven't talked to my mom in a while. I haven't talked to my dad in a while because we had that, just that uh, issue. I haven't talked to my brother and my sister. I haven't talked to my nephew and niece. I haven't talked to him. whoever it is. Fill in the blank. Who is it that God is laying on your heart right now and you're thinking of and you're going, oh, I wish pastor wouldn't have preached on this because, man, I don't know if they even want to hear from me. Now, if you have a restraining order, I'm not joking. No, no, listen, I'm not joking. If you have a restraining order, do not contact them because you're going to get in trouble. Don't even send a message through somebody else. Hey, pastor, I have a restraining order. Can you send them a message? I can't. Because if I send them the message, you still violated the restraining order because you used me to contact them. Now, I might go to them and say, look, man, I'm here as your pastor. I want to help you. How can we work this out? I've gone to court with people before and said, your honor, I understand this restraining order, but I'm their pastor and counselor. Can I... And, and they've given me permission to they can meet in my presence and my presence only. And, and, and so there's things you could do. But I'm saying, if you have an issue with somebody, quit running from it. Talk to them. Right now, I'm going to give you permission to text. Go ahead and call, text them right now. Say, hey, man, can we get together for dinner tonight? I promise not to fight. I, I, I just miss you, and I want to see if we could heal our friendship. You're my sister. I miss you. You're my brother. I miss you. Mom, I miss you. Dad, I miss you. Whoever it is, do whatever you can to bring healing to that situation. Quit, quit running. Quit running. Quit hiding. Quit ignoring it. Quit acting like it never happened. And notice you don't talk to John anymore. Don't even mention John's name. I don't like John. I don't want you to mention John. Hey, man, I, I got to use the restroom. Where's the John? Don't say John. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Mom, you don't. Look, I'm telling you stuff that has happened. People get weird. Did you have to preach on this? Did someone tell you, Pastor? <laughs> yeah, the Lord did. He said, help families. Because just like you, there's kinks that I have to work out sometimes. There's kinks my wife has to work out. I'm not a perfect person. But you know what? I'm perfect for her. And she's not a perfect person, but she's perfect for me. And listen... Work out the kinks. Work out the kinks. God wants to do.
do something in our life. Let him minister to you. It grieves me to know how some of you treat each other. I work with families and I'm praying with families. There's a family that the mother wrote me. She goes, I haven't heard from our daughter in months now. And she used to come all the time and now she doesn't come here. Brokenness. Some of you have an amazing relationship and you can't even identify. You're like, wow. I'm telling you, God wants us to work the kinks out of our friendships, our relationships. You could do that by first starting with your relationship with him. Work that kink out. Say, God, forgive me because I've been going through life and I haven't even received you. I I call on you all the time. Hey, father, father, father. And he's going, well, you're not even my son or daughter. You haven't accepted Christ. You're my creation, but you're not my son or daughter. Because the Bible says, to those that have received him, to them have been given the right to be called sons and daughters of God. So if you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never prayed to receive him, and you want to do that today, raise your hand and say, you know what, pastor, that's me. Is there anyone here today? And I just want to pray for us that we could get along, that we can really heal the relationships in our life, and we can really ask God to restore them. And maybe you have a relationship that you don't even know it. You're not even the cause. You're, and you really sincerely don't even know what happened. You're trying to figure it out. You're trying to say, what happened anyway? And you really want God to heal it. Maybe you want to bring that issue up to the altar and just lay it down. Maybe you're going through a battle right now, health issue. This week in our church, we had two funerals. And we had three other people that died. A young 19-year-old, her life was taken right from her. She was murdered. And the family's broken. Donald and Arlene, we love you guys. Andrea, we're praying for you. I saw Donald here earlier. Are you still here, Donald? Steve, would you come up with it? We love you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for Donald, Erlina, Andrea, and all the family. In the lost Lord of Alana, Father God, comfort their broken hearts. Shield them, Father God, from the brokenness in life. I pray healing in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Some of you need relationship issues whatever it might be why don't you stand to your feet sing this song with us we're not going to be long but let the lord minister to you if you want prayer make your way up there's people that would love to pray with you sing it out would you the cross is my beginning 
Just ask God to restore your relationship. That Jesus was forsaken. So I will never be. His grace is my salvation. Gift of God has spoken. As you leave today, I really want to encourage you to take some steps towards healing the kinks out of your life and your relationships. As you leave, they're going to be handing you a prayer card, and that's for praying for Vacation Bible School and different needs. There's also a table set up out there for a comedy show that's coming to the church. It's a fundraiser for under construction, but it's an amazing date night. Because the Bible says that laughter is good medicine. You're dismissed to go change Albuquerque and let it start with you and your household. We love you, church. God bless you. Strongholds bowing to the same.